All right, here we go with the news for February 27th, 2020. It's another exciting day. Um, all right, not too much going on. Let's get on with the show. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here. Well, it looks like we're getting closer to the end of the saga with Celadon. Looks like Ritchie Brothers just got the deal to sell all their used equipment. So it's going to be auctions across the country. And up in Canada, it's going to probably going to be a while. They're going to probably gather up all the stuff. And, you know, so you're going to see a lot of old trailers with painted over Celadon logos pretty soon. And same with the tractors. You're going to see them all over the place. I still see uh, PST tractors, and they went out of business. What uh, I forget who bought them, but it was like in the 90s, 1995, 96, 97, something like that. So I think we're going to see Celadon trailers for the next 30 or 40 years. That's really sad. Uh, it was a pretty good company, I guess, for a while. I never worked for them, but I heard good things. And, you know, the saga continues. All right, let's get moving on. Well, this is kind of shocking. Apparently in Arizona, between 2015 and 2019, 20 or 10, sorry, 10% of the nation's auto glass claims were in Arizona. So basically, Arizona, in, you know, between 2015 and 2019, accounted for 10% of all auto glass, you know, cracks, dents, replacements, uh, you know, across the whole country. It's just amazing to me. So they're saying there's, you know, there's fraudulent, there's probably some fraud going on, but I don't know. There's, the roads are pretty crappy now, so it wouldn't surprise me, but, oh, that's just amazing to me. 10% of the nation's auto class, uh, claimed for in Arizona and the population isn't that big. So I don't know what to think about that one. All right, let's get moving on. All right. It looks like the Connecticut, gov Connecticut governor says he's giving up on uh, truck only tolls for now. So it looks like, yeah, but that's the key, isn't it? Just for now. So you'll see that in the future. Eventually they'll push it through and we'll get to pay more as, you know, they won't pay us more as drivers, but they'll pay more to the state. All right. Just amazing. Oh, some days you just can't win, but at least they, they put it off on hold for now and we'll see what happens. But yeah, we don't need any more tolls. We're already paying for the you know, all the fuel tax, you know, the, the amount of money that all these trucks pay in taxes to the, to the fuel, you know, the highway fund is just amazing. I can't believe they wouldn't have enough to fix it, but yet they want more and more and more. But you know what, if they want more, maybe the governor should take a pay cut. You know, how about that, buddy? Why don't you take a pay cut, governor? Yeah, I bet you can afford it. You can spend all that money to run for election. I'm sure you can take a pay cut. Let's see that happen. 
Well, here's something we talk about a little too much. Way too much in the show. And, I, you know, it's getting really... Just every episode, every single week, there's a new one. Michael Ducey Trucking and Michael Ducey Logistics Warehouse Incorporated, collectively known as MDL Logistics, suddenly shut its doors last Friday. The company-based... Uh, the California-based trucking company warehouse operator has 45 power units and 120,000 square feet of warehousing space with more than 30 employees were impacted in the shutdown. So it looks like they, you know, they served the wine industry and they were Paso Robles and they were in central California. So that was their theme. And in September, 2018 head uh, capital partners, a New York based middle market private equity fund purchased MDL from the company's founder. Head Hall raised $150 million of capital back in 2016 and has made 11 investments. The private uh, equity firm was founded by Jeffrey's investment banker, Seth Wilson, and specializes in transportation and logistics buyouts. So basically, you know, here's what it comes down to. If you're in a trucking company and you get bought out by a private equity company, it's time to move. It's time to get out of there. They're going to, you know, they're going to destroy the place. They have no concept of how to run an industry or run a business. So these guys, you know, another another planned failure, you know, just, it's just shocking. Uh, just shocking. So, yeah, this is just getting a little too old. So, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. But, the, you know, there's all this winning, all this winning just keeps going on and on. Wow, the greatest economy in the world, all this winning, all these trucking companies going out of business every single week. Every week. Every week this happens. All right, let's go on. Oh, this pisses me off. Well, there we go again. And this is one I see all the time. Black Horse Carriers Incorporated permanently closed its doors at its terminals in Milwaukee on Monday. That's last Monday. The closure affected about 70 employees which also included 61 truck drivers, according to freight waves. Workers were given three days notice. Wow. You know, I wonder if some of these guys are on the road. I see black horse carriers all the time. So basically black horse carriers is headquartered in Carroll stream. It was the Pewaukee terminal. The whole thing's shutting down and it has more than 80 terminals located across the U S five of those are in Wisconsin. That's where I live, Wisconsin. The company has about 3,140 drivers, 2,490 power units. Wow. Unbelievable. They don't say why. Uh, Black Horse Carriers. It's just, you know, it's going to be different not seeing them go down the road. Yet the winning continues on. Unbelievable. Here's an interesting twist. It looks like the Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration has ordered a now-defunct Connecticut trucking company to pay a truck driver who complained and then quit after allegedly facing retaliation for refusing to violate safety regulations. So they awarded the guy $150,000. It doesn't say uh, when this happened. Oh, the driver resigned in February 2017. Wow. It says, uh, the driver resigned in February 2017 after concerns that U.S. Department of Transportation officials would confiscate their commercial driver's license, but their livelihood or life would be lost without defective trucks because their employer forced them to ignore hours or service rules. So basically, they were telling them to cheat on their logs. 
It says here, Ocean Investigators determined that Universal Trucking Solutions actions were in violation of whistleblower protections in the Service Transportation Assistance Act. That's the STAA. Uh, the United Trucking Solutions was ordered to pay the driver $8,315.81 in back pay and interest, and then $75,000 in punitive damages and $50,000 in compensatory damages for mental pain and emotional distress. God, trying to say that word is like, uh, you know, mental and uh, pain for me anyway. In addition to the $21,378 in attorney fees. Wow. Uh, but it's a defunct trucking company, so who knows if he'll get his money. Good luck, driver. I hope you get it. Well, this is a rough one. Now, up in Canada, an aviation fuel company has pleaded guilty to spilling fuel into a mountain stream in a Slocum Valley seven years ago and handed a hefty fine by the provincial court judge. The Calgary-based Executive Flight Center Fuel Services Unlimited pleaded guilty last Friday to one count of delicious uh, deposit. I'm not even sure what that means. Deleterious deposit into waters frequented by fish under the Fisheries Act. Basically, they jumped a whole, they dumped a whole bunch of jet fuel into a stream. The company made the plea in Nelson Provincial Court and has been fined $175,000. Now it looks like the majority of the fine, $165,000, will be directed to the Environmental Damages Fund to be used for fish habitat, fish habitat conservation efforts in the Slocum Valley, according to the release. Wow, the ruling came after 35,000 liters of jet, uh, jet fuel were spilled into Lemon Creek in the Slocum Valley northwest of Nelson, British Columbia in 2013. The spill contaminated the waterway that is a tributary of the Slocum River, led to residential evacuations, and cost the trucking company approximately $5 million in cleanup costs. The tanker truck full of fuel was uh, disdained for helicopters fighting a forest fire in the area. Wow, so he was probably in a hurry, you know, he was, you know, you know, trying to get the fuel there. Wow, that's insane. The fuel truck driver, Danny Lasanti, was earlier convicted of one count of introducing waste in an environment causing pollution contrary to Section 64 under the Envir Environmental Management Act and fined $20,000. Well, there's a nice day's labor for you. Half of the fine is directed to the Habitat Conservation Trust Foundation and due in 2021. Wow, if, if the driver has to pay that, I don't know where he's going to get 20 grand. Uh, that's just insane. Uh, the, the province of British Columbia was acquitted of all charges related to the spill. Uh, the spill caused widespread concerns in a rural uh, Slocum Valley that the fuel had contaminated local drinking water supplies. Oh, I can't even imagine what that would go up to. Uh, Walter Popoff, uh, figures a politician would be named Popoff. A local politician says the event hit the community hard. Well, I imagine. Yeah, who would who would elect a politician named Popoff? Isn't that what they all do? That's like Madoff, you know, you know, giving your money to a guy named Madoff. You know, that uh, just doesn't make sense. Anyway, initially it was a major impact. There were concerns about the water effects on crops, health effects. So it had a major, major impact. But as we worked through it, most of the issues were resolved and the concerns were addressed. Basically, that means somebody probably got paid off. But, you know, they moved forward. The justice was served a month too late for one of the principal activists who pushed for criminal prosecutions in the case. 
Uh, Marilyn Burgoon launched a rare private prosecution, which was eventually taken over by the federal government. Uh, Burgoon passed away in January. So basically, uh, a local citizen really pushed for this to happen. Wow, this is just insane. I'm going to try to put this photo in the uh, for this week's episode. It's pretty dramatic. You can see the tanker. He's laying on his side, and he's you know just right in the stream. And it's, oh, my goodness. I can't even, you know, the driver's like, you get out alive. Uh, I just can't even imagine, you know, what was going through this guy's head, you know, as he was going into the stream. It must have been horrific. You know, just horrific. I just can't even imagine. So let's see if we can put that in the, you know, we'll put that in the show notes or the, the picture. So see if you can pull that up. All right, let's get moving on. Well, this is really sad. You know, um, this is a follow-up to that report. I don't even know how to talk about this one. This is a follow-up to that report where the truck driver was parked in the reserve parking space and he got in the altercation with the security guard at the TA truck stop in Oklahoma there at South uh, uh, Council Road. So anyway, apparently the, the truck driver's in serious condition at the hospital, but he's been released. So he's going to be okay. I don't know if there's any permanent damage to him, but he's going to live. And the security guard, who obviously was bothered by all this, um, says here, 45-year-old George Daryl uh, Bischoff used a rented firearm to fatally shoot himself at the Big Boys Guns Ammo and Range in Oklahoma City on February 20th. Local news outlet, uh, News 6 reports, please confirm that Bischoff was the security guard who shot a truck driver in the reserve parking space. Okay. So the guy based the the security guard went to the local gun range, ran into a firearm, and then killed himself. Apparently at the range. Um, wow, you know, no good, no good for anybody came from the story. Driver got shot. This guy was looking at some serious charges for what he did. You know, discharging a firearm, and you know he just I guess he couldn't take it. And he just shot himself. Uh, I don't know. No good. No good came from the story at all. Everybody lost. Every single person lost in this case. Uh, just yeah, I just don't get it. Um, you know, hey, you know, if you're having troubles and you know you're down, you know, please don't go to the local driving range and you know shoot yourself. You know, don't do that, man. Go talk to somebody. It does, you know, whatever it is, you can deal with it. Because you know, once you do something like that, it's over. Uh, you know, just. Go talk to somebody. Go see a professional. You know, at least give that a chance. You got nothing to lose. Just give it a chance. Don't, uh, you know, don't do anything that's going to impact others or, or you know, just don't do anything crazy. Just talk to a professional. You know, you owe it to the, you know, to yourself to do that. You know, just don't, I don't know, just don't do what this guy did. You know, you probably had a lot going through his head. had no one to talk to. And he decided to take the, I don't want to say the easy way, because I'm, you know, there must have been a lot of drama there for him. I can't even imagine what it'd be like to go through that guy's head when he did that. So just, I don't know, just think things through, okay? And go see a professional. All right. All right, here we go again. Oh, drivers, what are you doing to me here? All right, the department, the, they got this off CDL Life, great website. And they got a great app, too. Go, go check them out. They're not paying me. I just I actually just go there and post. But anyway, the, the Georgia Department of Public Safety 
Uh, the DPS took to Facebook on Monday to chide a truck driver for knowingly drive for miles on his rims. On February 24th, the uh, Georgia Department of Public Safety wrote, Violation of the Week. Officers advised that this driver knowingly drove 5.5 miles on his rims because he needed to make it to the mill. His license was also suspended. Don't ruin George's roads for everyone. Wow. You know, I was going to put the truck in the creek one, but this, when you see this guy's tires in the, you know, in the show, you'd just be like, what the hell? He's a logger. He's got, you know, uh, oh my God, this is insane. All four tires on the passenger side are completely gone on his trailer. He's all the way down to the rim. The rear, the rear outside rim is like ground down to, to just about nothing. And oh this is just insane 1926 and tell me if you've seen anything like this on the road because i gotta tell you i didn't i i don't know i don't see how i could i could literally could not drive five miles down a road knowing that i was dragging my rims on the ground i can't even imagine you know i just they, they would just it, there's no part of me that can handle doing that i just you know unless i was being chased by a horde of zombies maybe and even then I'd have some problems, you know, and the sound must have been horrendous. Oh, driver, what are you doing to me? All right, let's go ahead and get away from trucking for just a minute. Since there's not much else in the news, this is something I find fascinating. You know, I do transportation, so I like to talk about other things because I find transportation fascinating. And this is a cruise that I would love to do myself. But, you know, you're like, you're talking like 15, 20 grand per person. Quite honestly... I don't see how that would be possible for me, but I'll tell you what, if I could do it, I would do it, you know, following the steps of Shackleton and Amundsen and, you know, go up to the Arctic, it would just be amazing. So anyway, the MS rolled Amundsen. Amundsen was a famous uh, Antarctic explorer. Uh, Shackleton's my favorite Antarctic explorer. Look up Scherner Shackleton. He's just, the dude's amazing. Anyway, uh, the Hurtigruten, Hurtigruten, maybe I'm not saying that right. The world leader in exploration travel has announced a history-making event. Check this out. The world's first hybrid electric-powered expedition ship, the Hurtigruten's own MS Roald Amundsen, has traveled the furthest south of any company ship in the expedition's cruise line's 127 years of business. All right. Now, after crossing the Antarctic Circle earlier this week, Captain Tori, I'm not even going to try to say this dude's, well, I'll say it, Asakakas, you know what? I can't say the dude's name, but Captain Tory and his crew continued south on Wednesday, February 19th, 2020 at 4.14 p.m. Antarctic time. The rolled Amundsen reached the ice edge at 70 degrees south. Wow. Can you imagine that? You know, it's, you know, it's on, a cru on, a, on, a, on a cruise ship you could charter, too. It's amazing. Our guests are thrilled. This is what the Hurtigan's Expedition Cruises are all about, pushing past new frontiers. Wow, I'm I can just imagine his delight in something like that. Nearly finished with her 18-day cruise that visits the Chilean forts and the Falkland Islands, as well as Antarctica. Oh, God, I just love to see Antarctica. The Roald Amundsen will complete one more cruise in the region before journeying up through South and Central America, and ultimately spending the summer in Alaska. Wow, this thing is just, uh, it's just amazing. You know, I mean, I, I just can't get over how awesome this so just look up the uh the hurtigruten ms rolled amundsen uh, it's a h-u-r-t-i-g-r-u-t-e-n or just look up ms 
uh, Roald Amundsen. That's R O A L D. That's Roald. I may not be pronouncing his first name right. Uh, and then Amundsen, A M U D S E N. It's just oh, it's just fascinating. I can't even imagine what that, that the thrill of that must have been to you know to be able to cruise across the Antarctic and to go farther than anybody else has ever gone on an expedition ship, much less you know much less you know a cruise ship. You know to go on this cruise ship, you know just I, oh the, the thing's hybrid electric, so I guess it saves like twenty percent of you know fuel. It looks like a beautiful ship. So oh my god, it's just amazing. So uh, that'd be a dream trip. Wouldn't that be a dream trip? I would do that in a heartbeat. Cruise across Antarctica. You know, I'm a big fan of Sir uh, Ernest Shackleton and his expedition. And the story of that is just fascinating. You get a chance to look it up. Look up Sir uh, Ernest Shackleton. And the idea of going up there, and, you know, I, I looked at their site and they have some going to, to St. George's Island. That's where Shackleton uh, was buried. And I would love to go there and pay my respects. I, I think Sir Ernest Shackleton is one of the greatest leaders that ever lived. The man was phenomenal. So. All right. Well, anyway, that's all I got for maritime shipping. Let's see what we got. I think we have some cards. Let's see what we got. Okay. I thought we had more in the in the car department, but apparently all I got for this week for cars was Hertz is the first car rental company named by Ethisphere as one of the world's most ethical companies. So I've never worked for Hertz. Anybody ever worked for Hertz? Give me a heads up on that one. That's... Uh, I don't know. I've never, I've ran from them, never had any problems. They've always been quite decent. The employees also always seem happy. So I guess I can go with that. Yeah. There's nothing else I can say about that one, but yeah, there's nothing, you know, I guess it's, you know, it's, it's kind of nice to hear people say something good about a company, but I still would like to hear from the people, you know, hear what they have to say, you know, that would be kind of interesting. All right, let's see what else we got here. We're almost done. All right, if you're in the uh, market for an RV, it looks like Brett Michaels from uh, Motley Crue is selling his RV, his tour of RV from 2014. It says here, if you're a Poison fan, check out this out. Brett Michaels, the lead singer of the band, is selling... Oh, I said oh, I said Motley Crue, didn't I? I meant Poison. God, I can't believe I said that. That's that's Vince Neil. What was I thinking? Anyway, the lead singer of the band is selling off his old tour bus, the 2014 Entraga Coach Aspire RV. He's reportedly building a brand new bus before Poison tours with Motley Crue, Def Leppard, and Joan Jett. Wow, that'd be a nice tour. The RV is listed through uh, RV Trader. So Michaels is apparently an RV fanatic and has listed the 45 foot tour bus at the realistic price i don't know about realistic of 169,995 i'm not so sure if that's realistic the rv has logged 111,000 miles across the u.s on you know multiple tours and i guess this thing's been maintained to perfection the rv features a bedroom with king-size bed two bathrooms oh two bathrooms you don't see that very often. One with a shower, a full kitchen, a washer and a dryer, an electric grill, five TVs. What do you need five TVs in such a small space for? Uh, it also features a sectional sofa, walk-up closet, carpeting, uh, heated floors. Ooh, heated floors. A surround sound system and a custom propane fireplace that also serves as a heater in the winter. 
And, ooh, powering the RV is a 450 horsepower Cummins diesel. I'm not a big fan of Cummins, but 450 horsepower, I can live with that. An automated hydraulic leveling system and an active suspension system. Uh, okay, the fan who purchases the RV will also receive two tickets to any of the dates on Poison's upcoming stadium tour, as well as a meet and greet with Michaels himself. Well, that's a pretty sweet ride. I, uh... I don't know. I just it would be sweet. Looks like a nice rig. Got some nice pullouts. Wow, this thing's pretty. This thing's pretty cherry. But you know, I sadly I'm gonna have to pass on that one. I don't think I can afford it. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we got. All right, doesn't look like we have anything else this week. Uh, not too much in the news. Hopefully next week we can re actually report something that isn't a truck enclosure. Yeah, that would be very nice. You know, all these uh, truck stops that are, uh, you know, all these trucking companies that are going under, it's getting a little uh, depressing. Hopefully by the end of 2020, things will start picking up. Now, I suspect because of the, the coronavirus, what's going to happen is, is that things are going to slow down for a while. Now, they're looking at, you know, uh, getting in vaccines within six weeks. They're doing testing. So maybe in a couple of months, they'll start having a vaccine out there. So that being said, Hopefully, we'll start seeing something going on with that. So, you know, over in, over in China, freight's starting to back up. They got containers stacking up, and a lot of ships aren't coming over. So I think you're going to start seeing a slowdown pretty soon. And then things will start picking up. You know, we'll start moving like freight like crazy to make up for what didn't get here. You might see some shortages on shelves here and there across the country. It's hard to say. But hopefully this nightmare will be over soon and not too many people will get sick. Uh, CDC, will be praying for you. you. You guys are the warriors on the ground, so we're really shooting for you. Uh, as people in the transportation industry, we really got to take this seriously because we see a lot of people and we're all over the country. And we are the perfect storm for carrying this. We could easily be the modern-day equivalent of a typhoon, typhoid Mary. That being said, I was going to say what we always say. Get over for tow trucks, cops, and you know, any emergency vehicles on the shoulder, even cars. You never know what they're doing, and it's a good idea to get over. And that's all I got for this week. And I'll see you next week. Maybe we'll post something here and there as things happen. I got the mic on the road. Just sometimes it's a little difficult to to post because I'm too busy driving down the road trying to get that freight delivered. You know how it goes. So anyway, Kingfish out. Stay out of trouble, people. I'll talk to you next week.